It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 1st, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, Follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk all about the Magic's loss to the Toronto Raptors uh, as they uh, uh, fall to a really good Raptors team, got beat in the fourth quarter. And then we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the team's defense and their defensive struggles as defenses have been a big theme and a big storyline for this Magic team. All season, but especially since the All-Star break, as uh, they've had some pretty good starts, had another good start in this game as well, but find themselves constantly digging themselves out of a hole, creating new holes, and just being a, a huge problem as the defense continues to struggle, and it's struggling maybe for reasons that aren't particularly clear, but are particularly clear as well. I'll explain about that in just a moment. But let's dive right into this game, the Orlando Magic taking on the Toronto Raptors at the Amway Center in a game that the Magic were game for. Uh, you know, when you got the best team in the Eastern Conference taking on the 14th best team in the Eastern Conference, you, you expect a little bit of a blowout, and you maybe expect the team to struggle to stay competitive and struggle to to be involved in the game. And instead, the Magic were com- incredibly competitive. The Magic were ready and able to compete in this game uh, and give themselves a chance to win. That's all you can ask for, right? That's all you can ask for. But Orlando was unable to get to the finish line. The Magic shot the ball incredibly well, better than 50% through the first three quarters, trailed by one entering the fourth quarter. Again, all you can ask for is a chance to win. But in that fourth quarter, the Magic's bench let them down a little bit after they'd played so well throughout the game. And then the starters were unable to rescue the ship as the lead, as the deficit began to grow and the Raptors began to pull away. Orlando in the fourth quarter shoots a measly. I got to pull it up here, so give me a second. Orlando in the fourth quarter shoots a measly four for 16 from the floor. Just one for five from beyond the arc. No one was able to hit shots, and and, and even, even the hot shooting Mario Azonia started to get fatigued and started to force things, and that's when the Magic got themselves into trouble. And so a great offensive effort at the very least, at least to... I wouldn't call it passable defensive effort, but a defensive effort that kept them in the game long enough goes by the wayside. The Magic just did not have enough gas in the tank to get to the end, and that's why they lost. Yeah, we uh, we kind of lose the same way um, every night. Uh, I feel like, you know, we start well, we're playing good, and... Uh, you know, in the third quarter or fourth, whatever, uh, we let them get on the run and we just never recover from it, you know. Uh, they get too comfortable and, uh, you know, once the lead is up eight, seven, then uh, it just keeps growing and we never, 
we're never able to just uh, come back, you know, and, and, and have a close game. Uh, yeah, I thought we played well uh, offensively in the first half, but uh, like like a, like in a lot of games, they they pick it up defensively, and you know we we just lose our rhythm and we start playing more uh, more of a stagnant basketball. And. You know, I talked about this Tuesday after the Magic's lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. It, it does seem like the Magic just seem to run out of gas. They're not able to, to, to get things going. And, and like Evan Fournier said there in that clip, it feels like the same result happens. It's, it's just predictable exactly how this game's going to go. Orlando scores 37 points in the first quarter, trailing by five. That's a 37-point first quarter is incredible. Giving up 42 is also not good, but... The Magic are off to a good start. They're, they're, they're in the game. And, and then slowly but surely, they just fade away. They're just unable to get to the to the end line. In this game particularly, it was Toronto's defense picking up the pace. It was Orlando being unable uh, to, to make shots, number one, but trying to do a little too much. When the shots stop falling, when teams do lock in defensively, the Magic just aren't able to respond. Uh, Evan Fournier, I thought, had a really good quote on this uh, 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 after the game. The Magic need to punch first. And then they have, and you know, I, I think Fournier doesn't give his team enough credit. The Magic have punched first. The problem is they don't punch back. When, when the team punches back, when a team gets back into the game, when a team fights their way back into the, in, into the lead, the Magic just aren't able to get themselves back into it. They're not able to, to get that run in response. And that's kind of... You know that explains why the Magic's record is what it is. Let's let's be real here. Orlando is eighteen and forty three. They now have the worst record in the league, tied with the Sacramento Kings. That's just kind of how this season has gone for the Magic. That they haven't been able to to take these these runs, these deficits, these these punches from other teams, uh, and turn them into adversity to overcome. It's just not been consistent enough for them. And so when the Magic you know, had the game tied, it was like 93 or something. Toronto started making their run. Fred Van Vliet of the bench, of the Raptors bench, made a couple threes. Pascal Siakam got things going. Yaka Pertle made a couple of big blocks that, that sparked fast breaks. And Toronto was just able to get into the paint over and over and over again. The Raptors met very little resistance offensively. They had control of this game. They had the lead for most of this game. It was close, but... They were leading most of this game. I mean, you look at this, 18 lead changes, 8 times tied. It was, it was a tight game. I mean, I think it was tighter than the final score would indicate. But the Raptors were always a team that was going to race ahead. Even as Orlando was scoring a lot, you could tell the defense was loose. And you just had to ask the question, what would happen if the shot stopped falling? We found out the Magic pretty much got run out of the gym. And even when their starters came back in to face the Raptors bench, they were unable to get the team out of the rut. And then the Raptors starters came in and closed the game out, finally putting them, finally putting the Raptors up by more than 10 and putting the game away late. Yeah, we just, we didn't make shots. You know, I, I wasn't completely unhappy with our decisions. I thought we got a lot of good looks both at the rim and on, on the perimeter. And, you know, we didn't get, we didn't make shots. They, they got out and made some uh, transition plays. And, uh, you know, we had some breakdowns in the half court. You know, def- defensively is where the game was lost in the entire night. You know, we're doing, doing some really positive things on the offensive end. And, um, you know, we just don't show enough resistance defending the paint, you know, keeping our man in front of us. And, 
It's been costly. Just how costly has that been? Has that poor defense been? I'll have some numbers for you to, to back that up in just a moment. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But right now, let's run through the final statistics of this game against the Toronto Raptors. The Orlando Magic fall to the Raptors again, 117-104 to 104 at the Amway Center. Beginning of a three-game homestand, the Magic will play Friday and Saturday at home before they head out west for the next, I think it's nine days, so about two weeks on the road. And, and uh, then a lot of home games coming up in March. So if you're, you're coming to Orlando, if you're excited about, if, if you want to see the Magic play, Plenty of opportunity to do so. But final stats here. Orlando ends up shooting just 48.1% from the floor. Not a great field goal percentage considering where they were at for most of the game. Above 50. Again, like I said, 4 for 16 in the fourth quarter. They shoot 13 for 30 from beyond the arc. 13 for 23 from the foul line. Uh, 42 rebounds. 13 turnovers leading to 18 Toronto points. A lot of that coming in the fourth quarter as well. Well, Orlando has 27 assists on 39 field goal makes, a good sign that the Magic were getting good good ball movement, and generally they were for most of the game. Evan Fournier, 17 points, 6 for 15, shooting uh, 3 for 8 from beyond the arc to lead the starters, at least in scoring. Did some nice things. It was a typical, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this a lot, it's a typical Evan Fournier game. He got his numbers, he, he had moments where he looked really good and got to the basket. Some moments where he took some ill-advised shots and, and, and tried, you know, and, and tried to kind of be the hero or, or got stuck with the ball late in the shot clock. So, typical Evan Fournier game for him. I mean, I think that stat line is pretty regular for him, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on the result, I suppose. Off the bench, though, the star of the night, undoubtedly, Mario Hizonia. 5 for 7 shooting, 3 for 3 from beyond the arc, 4 for 5 from the, from the foul line. Um, did a lot of really good things. I mean, Hizonia, Hizonia's shot making has gotten a lot better. Um, you know, I, I think we've Hizonia uh, uh, is kind of an obsession of Magic fans, and then people like to kind of needle me about him because it, it seems like I'm not a big Hizonia fan, and, and I, I, I guess I'm not because I don't view him as a starter. Um, I think it's still very difficult to find a good position for him. Um, you know, he did a really good job, though. I thought taking bigs off the dribble. He got Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka on him and just beat him off the dribble and 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 did a really good job getting the basket, finishing under control, making the right play, not trying to force things too much. He made his first five shots of the game, hit a couple of open threes, just did a lot of really, really good things. Uh, his passing in, in transition is fantastic. Um, it's just about getting him to, to continue to play calmly, play within himself, uh, and not try to do too much. And when he does that, he is very, very successful. As, as I said, though, kind of the long-term future for Hizonia, um, he's not a power forward, I agree completely, but he can't really defend wings yet. Uh, I am interested to see him try. I'd like to see the Magic try to put him on wings. Um, right now, I think he's very matchup dependent. Um Took advantage of a good matchup in this game and played a very, very good game. Uh, I gave him an A on my grades. Um, I thought he earned it. Uh, he was very good, solid defensively even, uh, played the passing lanes well, got a nice steal for a reverse jam 
not a lot to complain about with Mario Azonia. It's just kind of the reality of, of who he is as a player. Um, he's in a good role right now. He's getting minutes. 19 minutes is actually on the low end for him since the All-Star break. But 17 points is a fantastic number for him as well. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, Isaac's coming back, so it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for Mario. He's got to start playing the wings a little bit more. Um, I'd like to see him, I'd like, I'm really interested to see what he does with, with Isaac in there now and play, maybe playing a little bit more with Aaron Gordon as well. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he can do uh, as as the Magic and, and the NBA and Mario decide what their future is. So, uh, solid game for Mario Azonia. Uh, overall. Nikola Vucevic, 14.7 for 13 shooting, 6 rebounds for Vuce. Uh, Just a solid overall game. Didn't get a lot of touches. Made shots when he got them. That's all you ask for. Defensively, he was Nikola Vucevic. I mean, I, 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 I think he... I think this is an okay matchup for him with Valanciunas, but Valanciunas is really crafty in the low post. Uh, I think Vucevic does a good job getting into position. He, he, not, he's is still struggling maybe to challenge shots effectively or push guys or be a little physical to get guys out of their spots, kind of make them a little uncomfortable. I think that's just generally what we can say about the whole Magic defense, which I'll talk about in a little bit here, um, that the Magic just kind of, they allow teams to get comfortable. It's not that they're ever in the wrong spot or, you know, they, they necessarily always get beat. It's that they don't make teams fight or, or have to have to do a little bit more than they than they than they want to get where they want to go, and Vucevic is honestly a big part of that. Teams know they can attack him, know they can go after him a little bit, uh, and there's not a whole lot he can do. I mean, it's it's uh, that's the unfortunate part. That's the part I feel really bad about with Vucevic is he has improved a lot defensively. But I think what Zach Lowe said earlier in the year that to get Vucevic to get the mo- to get Vucevic to be a useful defensive player, he's got to be a hundred percent on. If he is even ninety percent on, and not a hundred percent on. He is a defensive liability out there, and, and and I think that's not anything new for Magic fans who've watched him for a very long time. Jonathan Simmons, the second straight really nice game. I think people are have been harsh on 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 Jay Sims, but he's really coming around lately. Thirteen points, five for eight shooting, one for one from beyond the arc, four rebounds, three assists, one steal for Sims. Um, again, good, just a solid overall game. There's a lot of guys who just had solid overall offensive games. I thought Simmons actually did a decent job on Demar Derozan. DeRozan ended up 21.6 for 13 shooting, 4 assists, 9 for 11 from the foul line. So, mixed bag with Simmons. I thought there were moments where he played really, really well uh, on DeRozan, on Lowry. Uh, but um, yeah, I think he's finding a second win, finding his footing. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what he can do next year now that he knows what it's like to go through these heavy minutes. He's actually already played 300 more minutes than he did last year. I know we talked about that second win uh, a little bit earlier in the year, and, and maybe Simmons is best coming off the bench. And right now, the Magic just really don't have any options but to start him. I know I hear you all saying Mario Zonia. I'm I'm just not on board with that yet. Um, but overall, Simmons I think is 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 playing pretty well right now. Aaron Gordon four for nine shooting, eleven points, one for six from beyond the arc, two for five from the foul line, ten rebounds, three assists for him, two steals as well. Um, Gordon. Aaron forced some things, uh, I thought, a little bit too much. Missed some open threes. It's a big difference in his game, obviously. Um, but, you know, I I, I I want more from Aaron, obviously, because I think he's a very important player for the team. But he didn't force anything either. I mean, nine field goal attempts. He was looking to move the ball. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a good game for Aaron, but I wouldn't say it was a bad game for him either. I think he did some good facilitative things. Um Played some decent defense as well on on Serge Ibaka as well as uh, as well as whoever he was matched up with. Um, 
it's it, you know you just want to continue to see the production. The production's got to get there, and I think Gordon is still getting his wind under him. Vogel made a very good point before the game. Unlike Nikola Vucevic, who had a broken hand and was able to run and keep his conditioning up while he was injured, Aaron Gordon didn't have that luxury with with the hip injury. Uh, so uh, I think Aaron is still kind of working himself back in. Might see some ups and downs. Vogel said, you know, it really takes two to three weeks to really integrate players back in. So this is week one. And we are seeing them both take pro- make progress, so slowly but surely, they should be back up to full speed. Just running through the rest of these stats here real fast. Shelvin Mack, 12 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 4 turnovers for the backup point guard. Okay game for him. Uh, and finally, DJ Augustin, 11 points, 4 for 9 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. The Raptors end up shooting 54.2% from the floor, 12 for 30 from beyond the arc, 15 for 24 from the foul line. Rebounds are even at 42 apiece, but or- Toronto with 19 fast break points and 58 points in the paint. Another big sign that the Magic's defense was struggling, which it has all year. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And, you know, I played that clip at the beginning from Evan Fournier just kind of saying it's the same thing every night. It's, it's Since the All-Star break, I think he was really referring to there. It's the same story every night. We get out to a fast start. We, we do these things the right way, and then all of a sudden, teams get into us a little bit, and we kind of freeze, and, and we can't get over it. As Vogel said also in the clip that I played, it was really the defense that lost this game. And, and the problem with all of that is none of this is new. The defense has been bad all year long. And while it seems like every player can identify that as a problem, no one seems capable of fixing it yet. Uh, but it's been an issue for us uh, all year long. Uh, we had to figure out how to do a better job defensively, you know, follow the game plan, uh, and then just compete out there and make the extra play, make the extra effort. I feel like we don't do enough of those consistently. Again, like it's been for a lot of the season, we're talking about very basic things. In fact, it, it kind of sounds like the Magic are trying to get back to basics and really trying to drill home some key things. Frank Vogel said after the game that the Magic are, are running more defensive drills than he would normally run at this time of the year. And while Nikola Vucevic said he didn't think anything was too abnormal, to me that's a message that we are doing. We are trying to get back to the very basics and build the fundamentals up because they're not strong enough. The Magic aren't strong enough to, to make the rotations that they need to make. So they're doing shell drills where you kind of go through uh, the rotations and, and the reads that you have to make defensively. He said this before about boxing out, where the Magic don't box out effectively, and that's led to their rebounds. But the numbers here don't lie about how bad the Magic's defense has been. Let's talk about these numbers here because there are some interesting ones to sort through. For the season, the Magic are giving up, are 27th in the league, giving up 109.1 points per 100 possessions. That is very, very bad, essentially. If a game is 100 possessions long, they're giving up 109 points. That is not good. It's not good. And games are roughly about 100 possessions now. So, 
you're finding teams that are getting easily into the lane because Orlando is giving up the most points in the paint in the league, 49.5 points in the paint. Toronto scored 58 on Wednesday. In fact, the game against Toronto was a defensive nightmare. 118.7 points per 100 possessions scored by the Raptors. They shot 54.2%, 12 for 30 from beyond the arc, 58 points in the paint. All of this is in line with how the Magic have played after the All-Star break. Orlando's given up 116.1 points per 100 possessions and a 56% effective field goal percentage since the All-Star break. Both are well near the bottom of the league in that time frame. It's a small sample size. It's just four games. But it is very telling of how poorly the team is playing. Teams are scoring with ease against the Orlando Magic and scoring in areas you don't want to give up points. If you're not giving up a lot of points in the paint, you know maybe you're giving up some threes, but typically that means that if a team's beating you, it's kind of lucky. It's kind of a, oh, they, they got us this time. They made shots. That's, they, 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 they took the shots that they wanted or that we wanted them to take, and they made them. Good on them. That's not happening with Orlando's defense. With Orlando's defense, teams are getting the rim. Teams are getting the foul line. Teams are getting open shots. They're driving and kicking. They're doing all the things that they have to do to win the basketball game. Not only win the basketball game, but really decimate the Magic. It's putting a lot of pressure on that Magic offense. And while I would say the Magic's offense deserves more credit than it gets because it's actually been decent and since the All-Star break has been decent. Vucevic is right. It's not enough to carry the team. And Vucevic is right that the Magic do need to get on the same page. That was something that Evan Fournier also echoed, that the Magic were don't seem to be on the same page. And you can have the right intensity as an individual and execute as an individual, but if the help's not there, if the coverages aren't there, you're gonna lo- you're still going to lose. It takes five guys. And he's not, I don't think he's calling anyone specifically out there. I think it's just a, a, a fact of life. With the Magic integrating so many players back into the lineup, two very key players back into the starting lineup, some defensive slippage was expected. But not this much. And it was not like the Magic were world beaters defensively beforehand. But this is a huge slip defensively. This is uh, going from bad defense to worse defense. And it's been something that has been continual throughout the year. Something that does not seem to have an answer. The easy answer might be that the problem is the roster. And yeah, there are certainly problems with the roster. As good as Nikola, as good as Nikola Vucevic is on offense and, and the effect that he has offensively on this team, defensively, he is definitely a problem. He puts a ceiling on your team. None of this is new for Magic fans. But Bismack Biombo is not much better. Magic actually have a 124 defensive rating with Biombo on the floor since the All-Star break. Yes, he's playing mostly with bench units, so maybe there's less scoring, less perimeter defense. But still, Biombo was supposed to be a defensive difference maker. And Vucevic is the best defensive center since the All-Star break and probably on the team. I'll accept Kem Birch for now. So the problems do seem to go much deeper. It's, 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 it's something that they can fix if they can just execute it. They can get a handle on it, they can point to the problem, but they can't fix it. And maybe that's just the frustration of being a losing team. 
Losing teams know their problems but cannot fix it, cannot even get out of their own way sometimes. And so this cycle is going to continue. The Magic will have strong offensive showings. They'll be in the game. But when it comes down to winning time, the defense doesn't show up. And that's going to cost you games. That's going to cost you wins. And if the Magic, as much as the Magic need to lay a foundation anywhere on the roster, the biggest foundation they need to lay is with a defensive ethos. Because that's what's going to win them games in the end. That's what's going to buoy their offense. That's what's going to create fast-break opportunities. The Magic haven't been good defensively all year. Their defense, when they were playing at the very top, they were 6th or 7th in the league in defensive rating, and Frank Vogel even admitted then that's kind of fool's gold. It's still early. we still got a lot of things we need to fix. The Magic are still fixing those things. And that explains why they're where they are at, as much as the injuries and as much as anything else. Orlando has been unable to fix this defensive problem for some time now. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, as well as Spotify now, if I'm not mistaken. So be sure to check us out there. Subscribe and download. Give us a five-star rating. Let us know how we're doing. We will. We truly appreciate the love and the feedback. Uh, let others know about how great the Locked on Magic podcast is. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including an update on Jonathan Isaac, who did not end up playing in Wednesday's game, was held out for one more game. He should be back Friday. For a complete report on that, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That should post around noon, so be sure to check that out. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to take a break from the Orlando Magic for a yearly podcast that I enjoy doing. We're going to have our pal Austin David on, and we're going to preview Orlando City soccer season. Saturday is the first game for the Orlando City Soccer Club. So we'll we'll talk all about the Lions, get ready for what should be an exciting MLS season, a season that Orlando City certainly hopes will be their first MLS playoff appearance. And who knows? Maybe they'll inspire the Magic to make the playoffs next year. We'll see. But for now, that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.